Let's stop giving our talent to firms and environments that don't support us. If the environment isn't conducive and a woman doesn't feel like she's being developed, it's just time to leave. Either go off on their own or find a firm that does support women lawyers. That's the solution in your opinion. That's exactly right. The key to knowing whether the environment is a good one is seeing whether there are women in key leadership positions. Are we assigning cases to lawyers based on their skill set versus these other factors that have nothing to do with who's the best lawyer to handle this case? If the best lawyer to handle this case is a woman, that's where it should go. You're telling the universe, like, I'm worth more than this. And just taking that step, and even if the next job isn't what you thought it was going to be, doing it again and saying, no, I'm not going to give up. Like, I'm going to find the right fit. Because if if you're not given cases, how are you going to advance? I think that you have to take ownership of being afraid. And then at a certain point, you have to decide if what you want is more important than whatever it is that you're afraid of. In law school, attorneys are taught to challenge everything tear things apart, break them down, but the qualities that make lawyers great can be some of the worst for running a business. At every stage of growth, running a business and practicing law can feel overwhelming. And what happens when you try to add life and family to the mix? It can feel nearly impossible. You don't have to do this alone. I'm Maria Monroy, co-founder and president of Lawrence, a leading SEO agency for ambitious law firms. Each week, we hear from industry leaders on what it really takes to run a law firm, from marketing to manifestation. Because success lies in the balance of life and law, we're here to help you tip the scales. Trial attorney at Alexander Shannara Personal Injury Attorneys, Sarah Williams has recovered over $15 million for her clients. She knows her worth and understands that to be her best, she has to be given the best by the firm she works with. Sarah has a passion for helping others succeed. An educator and an advocate, she teaches attorneys how to be great trial lawyers and is an adjunct professor of trial advocacy at the Cumberland School of Law. She has so many great insights for us today. Today, we discuss why so many women lawyers leave the industry and what can be done about it, the green flags women should look for when looking for a law firm, and how to get past fear to take ownership of your life and career. So I graduated from law school. Now I have to, I'm, it's so long ago, I have <laughs> to think back. In 2006, I attended Cumberland School of Law in Birmingham at Sanford. And then I started my practice in insurance defense. I did wow. that for seven years. I know, I know. Um, but I did trucking defense and, and worked for a couple of different defense firms. And then in 2013, Alex went out and he wanted some litigators. And so he hired me and... I guess 10 of my partners now from the same firm. I love that. So that was fun. (laughs) He's crazy. Uh, And Mitri, too. He gets a shout out, too, because he's awesome. Yeah, so I've been now with with Alex in the firm since 2013. So 10 years almost. He should buy me something nice. He should. For my 10th year anniversary. I'm putting it out on the internet. Tesla? I don't know. (laughs) 
Chanel purse? She'll settle for a Chanel purse. G-Wagon? I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. You gotta go big. <laughs> so, Sarah, tell us, what are you passionate about? Oh, probably too many things. My three biggest passions, though, are empowering women, especially women trial lawyers, teaching trial lawyers, and then litigating. And so those are kind of my top three. I also like Marvel movies, little Brene Brown. <laughs> oh, I love her. She's amazing. Shopping. Oh, I like that too. We can talk. We could do a whole segment just on, on shopping. But let's focus on empowering trial women lawyers. Why are you passionate? I teach. I teach at Cumberland where I attended. I teach trial advocacy. And so I, you know, at this point, more women are in law school than men. Yes, which is crazy. It's insane. But what's I worse is like so many times you are like, I have such talented students and then they'll get out into practice and they just disappear. And so over the years, I've just seen so many talented women go from, you know, law school and being ready to go and kick, kick ass and then they disappear or they get relegated to positions where they're not trying cases. And so I, it was important to me to develop a platform, and we did it within my firm. We started a women's initiative to encourage women and create, a one, a support system, right, to encourage women to stay in the practice, to figure out how to overcome whatever obstacles they were, they were having that push them out of the practice because that's what we see a lot. You'll see a lot of women get up to the point where they have children and then they disappear and you don't ever see them. And so I just think that our clients are missing out on so much talent because the practice has not adapted to the fact that more women are coming into the industry than ever before. So what do you think happens? Women have children and then they just give up on their dreams or... I think it's most law firms are not environments created for women to thrive in. No, they're not conducive for they're, women to and thrive. not even before they have children. It is, you know, a lot of the women lawyers that I went to law school with or I know, we get relegated to this weird like work wife role where we are scheduling things for our male partners and just being relied on in ways that our male counterparts are not, but also not developed in ways that our male counterparts are. And so I was lucky enough to just, even in the defense firms I worked for, to have mentors, both male and female, that took me under their wings and developed me and developed my mindset such that I didn't, I never felt like I was held back. But I think a lot of women don't get that. They don't get the same business development that male lawyers do. They don't get the same opportunities for cases that male lawyers do. And I think that the first issue is not with women. It's with the Men. environments. <laughs> yeah, it's with the environments that, we're, that, that we practice in. But I think that what happens is you get afraid to leave. And so I've, I've seen a lot of women lawyers destroy themselves trying to you know, one, make an environment an environment they can grow in. And I, I don't believe in that. Like, I will try a little bit, but if you're not willing to change, I got to go. And so instead what happens is women stay because you, you get this, oh, I'm afraid to move and I'm afraid of what people are going to think if I have more than one law firm on my resume or if I stay here for, you know, 12 months and I hate it, but I don't want to move. I've left firms after 18 months. I think... I don't know that I had been at my last firm 
a full year before I resigned and went to Alex's because I had a baby in between. How long have you been with Alex now? Ten years. Wow. Nine and three quarters. So you think the solution is if the environment isn't conducive and a woman doesn't feel like she's being developed, it's just time to leave. Either go off on their own or find a firm that does support women lawyers. That's the solution in your opinion. That's exactly right. Let's stop giving our talent to firms and environments that don't support us. Why would we do that, right? You were, were like, if you look at any great lawyer, most of the time there's a woman trial lawyer in the behind the scenes supporting him. But why would you support an environment that doesn't support you or that you can't grow and thrive in? Limiting beliefs. That's exactly right. I mean, yeah. Why else? Yeah, and you get comfortable. It's it's the the devil I know, right? I at least know how to exist here, even if I exist in a way that is not healthy. Absolutely. Right? It's like being in an unhealthy relationship. Yeah, it's, it's toxic. Yeah, it's, it's totally toxic. toxic. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. What do you do to help empower women to find the right fit or leave? How do you help them? So what I have been doing are a series of thought leadership videos that tackle issues like fear. The other problem is there are issues that occur in law firms, but no one talks about them. Like what? And, like... Not getting case assignments because you have a baby. Wow. Or you know, or not. That's fucked up. Um, it's it's awful. Or being treated negatively when you have to leave early to pick up your kids. But like a guy who coaches a football team and leaves early is that's applauded. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's okay. Right. That's yeah. okay. Or just, you know, one thing that has come up a lot is, well, I'm going to assign this case to this guy because he has a family to take care of and you're a single woman. And so you don't need those types of cases. If we're talking about true equity, right, the cases should go to the best trial lawyer. Absolutely. Right? That was one of the things that was really important to me when I was managing. Are we assigning cases to lawyers based on their skill set? versus these other factors that have nothing to do with who's the best lawyer to handle this case. If the best lawyer to handle this case is a woman, that's where it should go, irrespective of how many kids this dude has, right? I didn't choose for his wife to not work. That's their business, right? Right, right. And so, could right. You, you know, could you imagine a woman saying, hey, I need to be assigned this case because I'm having a baby, Right? Folks would be like, well, that's your decision to yeah. have that baby, right? Yeah. It's, but it, it's odd that it works in the reverse, yeah. but no one ever talks about it. Because you'll have a couple of women at this firm and a couple of women at that firm, and you always think it's just you, it really is like abuse, right? You think it's just me, and I'm not going to have any support, and no one else is going through what I'm going through. I think when we start talking about these issues... That's powerful. It's powerful, but it also brings to light that like, wait a minute, this is not me. This is systemic. And I think that when you realize it's systemic, for some reason, women are like, okay, we got to do something about this. But I also think when, when you give voice to it and women see that women have gone through these issues and then gone to environments that are healthier, then it empowers them to overcome their fear of moving on. Absolutely. And manifestation, I would call that an expander. So they see that someone that had a similar situation was able to overcome it and be in a situation that they want to be in. And it's really, really powerful period in manifestation whenever you want something to find someone 
it's funny because they say that everybody thinks that jealousy is a bad thing. But in fact, jealousy is just what you want to have. But it's actually great because you can see that it can happen. That's exactly right. And I think that women who have a platform have a responsibility to be visible so that other women can see it's possible. It's possible for me to succeed. There are environments that are healthy. I just have to find that place. And the thing is, I haven't sent a resume, let's see, since like 2008. When you're a good lawyer, people want you, right? And and so no one cares how many other law firms are on my resume. If they want to hire me, then they want to hire you. So what are some questions that women lawyers should be asking during an interview process to ensure that this is going to be a good culture fit for them and that they are going to be developed? This is going to be an unpopular thing. Oh, I don't, I don't I think that. there is a single question you can ask because in the interview, it's like when you're dating someone. Like when I, when yeah. me, when I met my husband, I told him I was a Cowboys fan because he was really <laughs> into football. And like I'm a Florida State fan. I love college football, but I wasn't really into the NFL. So I told him I was a Cowboys fan, right? And so then like a year later after we're dating, I forgot that I told him I was a Cowboys fan. And he was like, your boys are playing? And I was like, what boys? Florida State? (laughs) And he was like, I thought you were a Cowboys fan. And I was like, shoot, but that's what firms do when they're hiring, right? Like they put on their brightest. They're going to answer the question. They're going to say all the right things. We have a women's initiative and we do this type of personal development. I think that the key to knowing whether the environment is a good one is seeing whether there are women in key leadership positions. What do the women in your firm do? Are they out speaking? Are they, you know, professionally developing themselves? Like, what are the women in the firm now doing? And if there are none, that's a big red flag, right? Absolutely. It's, it's tough being the first. Right, right. It's like a guy saying, yeah, I, I want to be committed, but he's never been in a long-term relationship. That's exactly right? right. Yeah. And listen, the firms, they'll tell you, we'll do whatever you want. And maybe they will. Right. And maybe I, I always say give folks a chance to to give them the opportunity to do what they say they're going to do. But when they don't, you have to go. It's time to go. Yep. So were you actively looking for a place that would help you grow or did that happen by accident? The firm I was with was actually a firm I started with and it it wasn't not conducive to my growth. Half the partners were women. They were all badass trial lawyers. Um, but I left there because I wasn't getting the types of cases I wanted. Why? We just didn't have them. Okay. I wanted to, to handle larger cases, and we didn't have them. And so I went to a firm that did primarily trucking and employment, which I thought was what I wanted to do, and then I realized I didn't. <laughs> and I really liked trucking. Um, and then after that, I was always sought after. Firms always approached me. Alex's firm approached me. I wasn't looking. I just had a baby. I had a six-month-old. I probably only joined because I was hormonal. Like, I'm really, <laughs> I'm really risk-averse. <laughs> and, like, in hindsight, I'm like, yeah, non-hormonal me would have never made that leap. But I'm glad I did. And it's been a great environment for me. Some of it I've, we've cre- I've been able to create. Um, because there were only a few women lawyers there. And we kind of have banded together and created policies and procedures and an environment that is healthy for us. 
But I will say I have been lucky and worked for firms, even the defense firm I worked for, that were good environments for me. So do you think that maybe a woman would say to you, well, you don't know what it's like, Sarah. So easy for you to say. Yeah, um, that's why I say they were good environments for me. Right. Because I think part of it is for a very long time, I have demanded certain things. Okay, so let's talk about that. Yeah. So what was that like? Because just from like knowing you and just following you on social media, I don't know you very well, but I am sure that you would have fought for that no matter what, because you and I have strong personalities, so I feel you. But what about someone that isn't like that and is in that position and they're going to say, well, you don't really know what it's like to be me or to be in this. And they might not even say it to you. They probably wouldn't say it to you. But if they're thinking that, like, what can they do or what, how would you encourage them? You have to take ownership of your own career. And so the best advice I got was the second firm that I worked for, third, third firm. (laughs) It was a female partner. And she said, you have to think of yourself as a business. You have to change the way you think about yourself. And I think oftentimes we think of things as personal. Like Alex and I have had our our rub run-ins. We've had our disagreements. And when they are the worst is when they become personal. When they are about business, they're a lot easier. And so I just, I think it's a mindset shift into I am advocating for my business, which just happens to be me. Every single professional is a business. And so when you take the personal out of it, I think that helps. But the reality is this. You cannot complain about things you are not willing to advocate for, right? And so if you aren't willing to stand up for yourself, I don't know how you have an expectation that things are going to change. If you are not willing to stand up for yourself, then people are going to treat you how they treat you. And you don't have to be a personality like me to stand up for yourself. Like we've had, we have a variety of women lawyers in our firm who have different personalities and some are are more soft-spoken and more laid back, but you can be strong and not be as, I don't know what I would call myself, as bold as some people think I am. Because all it takes is saying, this is what I need to, to thrive. And then if you don't get it, just go. I love the idea of energy and and manifestation. I I truly believe in it. And I think that when you leave a job because it's not what you need it to be and it's maybe toxic or just not the best thing for your career, you're telling the universe, like, I'm worth more than this. And just taking that step. And even if the next job isn't what you thought it was going to be, doing it again and saying, no, I'm not going to give up. Like, I'm going to find the right fit. Because if, if you're not given cases, how are you going to, if, how are you going to advance? Can't advance. And good cases. Right. Right. And, right, and so I mean. that was the problem at my, at my first firm. Is I, was, I had a, lots of cases. But when we did get a good case, only guys got assigned to it. And, and a lot of the women were saying, we want to work the more serious cases. Because that's how you build your reputation, right? Like, you don't build your reputation handling scratch bumper, rear end, whiplash cases. No matter if you're on the defense or on the plaintiff side. And so you build your reputation when you try the death, wrongful death cases or catastrophic injury cases. And if you don't have an opportunity to work on those cases, you cannot build a reputation. But yeah, I do think, I think you're right. I think that you have to see your worth. Absolutely. And, and I think that starting in law school, 
so much of our self-worth is tied into like being busy and doing all the work. And we think if we just do the work, then someone's going to recognize me and lift me up. Like you have to take ownership of your career. You can't hand it over to someone else. And so many of us hand it over to the partners at the firm and they develop a plan and they decide your steps. Well, how do you even know you want to do that? You know, like maybe you don't even want to be a partner, right? Like what is it that you want to do? You have to figure that out for yourself. So I've said this before on this podcast. I think that women employees, in my professional opinion, and I've been managing people for 19 years now, are better employees than men. That's just in my opinion. I think that... And of course, that there are exceptions or it's not, you know, 100%. But I think women just have better work ethic. And again, my opinion. Do you think that there is a benefit for men law firm owners to bring in women lawyers to try cases and to treat them as equals and again, based on merit? What is the benefit to that lawyer that is maybe hesitant to bring on a female lawyer? I think, one, if you're hesitant to bring on a female lawyer, you probably shouldn't be. I think the hesitancy is always, well, what if she gets married? Well, what if she has a baby? Well, what if, you know, it's, there are all these what ifs. Um, but so what? You can get married and have babies oh, and absolutely. be super productive. Absolutely. Why, why is it one or the other? I don't know. And I, I think no man will answer that that honestly. But I also think in having been in these rooms with men, and it's weird, sometimes I think they forget that I'm a woman and I'm like, hey, here I am with my lipstick on. (laughs) Um, And they'll say things and I'm like, there is still, there is still, I think, a pervasive view that women are not as good in the courtroom as men. Do you believe that? Absolutely not. I think that, I think that there are good trial lawyers of every race, gender, sexual orientation, right? I, I think the problem with our industry is that for so long, men have been upheld as the superstar trial lawyers, and so many of our organizations perpetuate that stereotype. And so that's why I'm also so passionate about being in front of women and, you know, being vocal and being visible because women have to see other women doing the work, but also men need to see it too, right? Men need to see women getting the verdicts and getting the credit for it because I think a lot of the work gets done by women and a lot of men get the credit for it. If in 2022 you are grappling with adding women lawyers to your firm, you need to examine like what your problem is, right? <laughs> like, like I think it's always like, what can women do? What can women do? It's like at a certain point, like we're not the problem. No, and, and that's, you know? that's the thing. And I, I do feel that this is an industry that is kind of late in the game in some ways, like with the Me Too movement and everything. And I think it all ties in because there is a lot of sexual harassment. We could have a, do a whole other episode on that. I posted the other day about some of the experiences I've had at conferences and I had women I've never met asking me for my cell phone number and calling me to tell me about their experiences. And I think it just all goes together and I'm hopeful that this newer generation is going to change the way that things are in the space. But do you think it's all interconnected? 
I think there is a lot more pervasive gender discrimination than we talk about. And that, I think, is what prevents women from advancing in this industry. What I do love um, that I'm seeing lately are women are going, wait a minute, I can market myself, right? I can go get the money myself. I can get the cases myself. Like, I can do this myself. What? Why do I need to tie myself to you? And I just think that that's important. I, I love seeing, like, marketing businesses that are led by women. I think that's important too yeah. um, for the vendors that we're working with to also be, you know, women led. And so at the end of the day, I would hope that there would be, that men will come along, but I think we can't wait. You know, why, why are we waiting for them to figure it out? Oh, we're not. You know, <laughs> I'm I, not. I will say, <laughs> I, think you I, think, are. I feel like there's a shift, right? Do you feel that? Like, I feel like yes. there's a shift in the industry. And so if you are not figuring out how to make your law firm environment safe and and one that women can grow and thrive in, I just think you're going to get left behind. I think the same thing with people of color. Like, I just don't think people are interested in hiring firms that don't reflect them anymore. And that's just my two cents. So we'll see. So let's talk about women marketing themselves. For example, out of all of our PI clients, we don't have one single law firm that is just woman owned. I do have some that are like partners, like a husband and wife. And I think women, when it comes to marketing, are so much more risk adverse. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I, th- I think that we have so many responsibilities on us, but I also think as young girls, we are socialized to fear failure. And the reality is you're going to spend money on campaigns and they may fail, right? Like my first foray into marketing, I probably spent too much money and didn't necessarily get the return that I wanted and had I let that bother me and not push through, right, it ended up, it has all turned out just fine. But I think that, like, you think about how we treat little girls. Like, I remember having friends who it was like, you got your hair done, go outside and play, but don't mess up your dress and don't mess up your hair. And don't, like, we can't, we can never just, like, try things out. And sometimes when it comes to marketing, right, you have to make a decision and then you don't know for sure, how it's going to turn out until you do it. And so I just, I think that as girls, we are so socialized to do everything perfectly that we are afraid to step out and do things that we don't know exactly what the outcome is going to be. Do you think it's also that, like the example you used about like don't mess up your hair or your dress, do you think it's also makes us afraid of like the appearance, right? Like, oh, I did this and I failed, we're more worried about what others think because we're supposed to like have it all together, right? And I remember that many years ago, I read a book that really resonated with me because basically they had done all these studies and they found that the difference between people that succeeded financially versus people that didn't was that the people that succeeded didn't let fear get in the way. Right. And I think that's like literally the key to life though. Being scared and doing it anyway. How do you do that though? How let's let's kind of back up. What's been one moment where you were so afraid and you did it anyways? 
when I joined the firm. I mean, I had a six-month-old. I was, I'm the primary breadwinner in my house, and I went from a guaranteed salary and insurance benefits and my cell phone paid for to our setup, which is eat what you kill. And it was essentially betting on myself that, that this gamble would pay off because I, I had the skill to make it happen, but it could have failed miserably, right? And then I don't, and there's no cushion for me, right? My family has, there's no rich uncle. I feel you. You know what I mean? I, 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 unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. I do. I do. Yeah, and so that was, and that's why I say, like, I, I know I would not have done it had I not still been under the influence of, like, postpartum hormones. But do you think maybe it was also having a daughter that you were like, like, because I know my daughter impacted me and me going back to work. I had been a stay-at-home mom up until the time that she was around one. And it really made me, because I first had two boys, then I had her. And she made me reflect on my life way more than the boys. Because then I said, okay, what do I, I'm going to cry. What do I want to teach her? Right. So do you think that that impacted you? So that has impacted me in the marketing that I do. I think for me, like the first time I dropped her off at daycare, at six weeks, because I only had six weeks of maternity leave. Yeah, that's also bullshit. Right. And I drove to work and I sat in the parking lot and I cried for like an hour. And then it was like, always having to schedule stuff and being worried about, you know, whether I was going to be in trouble for not being in the office. And I do think that part of it was it's expensive having a kid. But two, like I wanted the flexibility to be there for her whenever I wanted to be. And so that was really my motivation when I initially left is like I need a schedule that is more flexible. Like I need to be in control of when I work and how I work. And then as she got older... Like, she has a desk in my office. She thinks she owns Alex's penthouse. Like his daughters <laughs> were up there once, and she was like, why are those girls in no. my room? And no. I was like, no, 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 their dad owns this place. That's, that's, those are Alex's daughters. And she was like, oh, this is when she was little. But, like, it's important for me, to, for her to be comfortable in these spaces. And so she used to travel to conferences with me. She's in my office all the time. She's, when we're hosting competitions, she's at the courthouse with me. She's on campus with me. She sees me teaching. Like sometimes she'll critique my students. She's like, that's not how you do an opening statement. No. She like the other day she was at practice and she said, hey, can you please tell them they were really boring? No. They need to. Yeah. And, and so, but I want her... I feel like for, for some of the fear is not being comfortable in certain environments. Like I'm a first generation lawyer, right? And there are some people who are like, they just own the space. Like think about John Givens sons. Oh my Keith God. Keith Givens sons, John Chase and Chase. And like John they, they've been coming like, to these things since they were like yeah. kids, right? And so they roll in, they're like, what's up? I think it's so important for our daughters to see us in the roles that we're in. Because I, I know, for, I feel so, so sorry for whoever her partner is. Sometimes I feel bad for her teachers. Like I have a preamble speech for every, every beginning of the school year. And I'm like, listen, she's very direct. She's not rude. She may say some things that are different from most kids, but that's just, she's just my kid. She sounds like my type of person. Oh, dude, she's, she's hilarious. But it, I think part of it is she has seen me in these roles. And so I don't worry about her advocating for herself. But wait, I thought that having children was like a liability. Like I'm, but it's actually helping you because you want her to see these things. So why, do, why are, and this is like where I'm just like, 
blown away because my children motivate me to do better. Right. Right. So the fact that we, that men look at it like, oh, she might get married. She might get pregnant. Yeah. So, so what? I think that we have to say to ourselves, what do I want? Right. What do I want for my life? And does this place fit that? And, and I think all for all women, motherhood is different. So for me, it is continuing to do these things and I make my life fit. I hired somebody to decorate my Christmas tree. Right? I don't have yeah. time for that. Oh, you I, know what I mean, I have I, all sorts of help, Sarah. There are certain things I don't have time for. And I think the reality is you cannot do everything. No. And so I think that a lot of these male law firms look at their wives, law firm owners, they look at their wives and they're like, well, there's no way you can be this type of woman and this type of woman. And, and they take that decision away from you, essentially. But if it's based on merit, then you wouldn't have to worry about that. I, I think it all just comes back to that. If it's based on merit. Right? Because if they're performing, then... It's none of your business how the household stuff is getting taken it's care none of. None of your business. That's well. The other thing is the the reality is you cannot have a rigid. You're here at seven thirty, and you're you know that, that's just is that, is that your a, life? No, and I think that's a, I really do think that that's a thing of the past. Period. Like we have employees, men that the wife also works. So sometimes they they have to go pick up the kid from daycare, and they have to. Hey, my kid's sick today. I, you know, I'm gonna have my camera off, and we're like, okay, like as long as you're performing at the end of the day, I don't care what time you work, how you do it. It's none of my business. Just perform. It's always interesting to me, like at these these conferences, to hear lawyers talk about flexible work schedules. And listen, a part of what we do, someone needs to be there from a certain time to a certain time. But when it comes to what I do as a lawyer, like I, there's so much flexibility. I don't know what the hesitancy is. Change. It is, it's change. Fear, it's always fear. It's always going to go back to On fear. On both sides. Yes, right. definitely. Right. Because men are afraid and the women employees are afraid. So it just comes to the inability to change. How do you get past fear? I think the first step is in owning that, like, you're afraid. So many times, like, women, I mean, just people in general, I think they mask it. It's, oh, it's not that I'm afraid. You know, this is just a bad idea. And it's like, no, you're just, you're afraid to leave this firm. Is there anything wrong with being afraid? No. I'm afraid all the time. What's the issue? I think that you have to take to own like everybody is afraid and people need to talk about it more. Like people do shit scared all the time. I just got up in front of a couple hundred people and I was scared. Really? Nobody know. Yeah, all the time. I'm actually an introvert, which is a whole nother whole nother story. No, you're um, not. I, really? you know, I swear. You I'm about to go so... in my room and like decompress for three that hours. That is true. I tried to get you to go out last night and you were hey, Yeah, yeah. I have to like recharge my stores. And so I think that you have to take ownership of being afraid. And then at a certain point, you have to decide if what you want is more important than whatever it is that, that, that you're afraid of. And it's usually failure, right? So you have to let go like you're going to fail. I failed out of Florida State. A lot of people don't know that. I failed. I went back. I'm now a lawyer. It doesn't matter. But most people that that happens to don't ever go back because they're so afraid of what people are going to say and what people are going to think. And so I think the first thing you got to do is own the fear. The second thing you got to do is what I tell my students. You got to develop a case of the fuckets. 
Right. So when I joined Alex, Alex's firm, his commercials were so bad back then. There was like one where he was like jumping off of a building in like a squirrel suit or something. I think we have it on our YouTube channel. They were awful. And people were like, why in the world are you going to work for him? He doesn't try cases. His cases are shitty. And he's the guy that jumps off the building in the, in the suit. And, you know, one of our conversations were the commercials have to get better. But I, I just, in our conversation with him, I was like, you know what? This is a person who is going to invest in me and is the first one to, like, make me feel like I can build a career long-lasting um, with him and understands the flexibility that I need as a mom. And so I took a risk and people talk shit about us for like years. And now they're like, hey, when are y'all hiring? You know, and so you just, you got to develop a case of the fuck. It's like, I, and that, that prevented me from marketing myself for a long time. I was like, I'm plus size and Alex is the guy and I'm kind of introverted and what are people going to say? And other firms don't do this, right? But then I was just like, I mean, fuck it. What's the worst thing that could happen, right? Like nobody likes my stuff and I don't get any cases. But the best thing that could happen is I get good cases and people like my stuff. And what happened? That's it, the good stuff. Good things can't happen if you don't try. Right. If you like sit around and be miserable, the one thing you can guarantee is that you're always going to be miserable. That's it. That's the only thing, you know, for certain. If you are sitting and you're miserable and you don't try the good things, you will always be miserable. And so if mis being miserable is like the worst thing to happen, you might as well try to go for the good shit. Because worst case scenario, you'll be miserable like you are. Right. Yeah. So I think that's the thing is it's just deciding, hey, I'm going to just, I'm going to try it. And also you can learn from your mistakes. And that's like the one thing that people forget when they're so afraid to do something. It's like, well, even if you completely fuck it up, you're going to learn. And next time you're not going to fuck it up. So there's value, period. Maybe, or you'll fuck it up differently. But, right, right. You know, there's always, like every, every year I mess up something. Right. And then I learn something new and I mess up something else and I learn something new because no one has it all figured out. And, and so but I feel like especially with lawyers, like we're so stuck in this, like this is the way it's done. I hate that phrase. Like it's the well, this has always been the way. Of course it is until someone does it differently. <laughs> that's always going to be the way. That's why I think it's important for those of us who have failed and who have done things differently to be visible and to talk about and, it and to talk about it. If there is a female that wants a mentor or just wants to reach out and run something by you or just needs to be encouraged, can they reach out? Yes. The best place to reach me where I will see it is Instagram at Sarah Williams ESQ, Sarah with no H, the right way. Um, Cause if you email me like, it gets lost with all the stuff on my cases. Take ownership of your personal development and career. Like Sarah said, if you don't advocate for yourself, who will? Don't be afraid to demand the support you need and to leave if you don't get it. When looking for a firm that is proactive in developing women lawyers, look to key leadership roles. Are there women in positions of power? and see what the women are doing at the firm. That is a better indicator than any questions you can ask in an interview.
Thank you so much to Sarah Williams for everything she shared today. If you found this story valuable, please share it with someone you want to see succeed. Subscribe so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review. It goes a long way to help others discover the show. Catch us next week on Tip the Scales with me, Maria Monroy, president of LawRank. Hear how the best in the business broke out of limiting beliefs, overcame adversity, and built a thriving purpose-driven business in the process.